When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up, kinfolk? It's RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. I am Fox College Football Analyst, here to tell you about the number one ranked show podcast. Each week, I sit down with coaches, players, and legends of the game for a unique conversation about all things college football and recruiting. Plus, I share my perspective on the top storylines from Saturday and react to the college football playoff rankings. Subscribe to the number one ranked show with R.J. Young on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All right, welcome into the program. I'm Joel Clad. This is Breaking the Huddle, a very special live edition of Breaking the Huddle with the man of the hour in college football, Lincoln Riley, joins us live on set. New head coach for USC. Um, okay, I say that. You see all these graphics. Has it sunk in yet? I know we're a day after your press conference, but it's still got to be a little bit jarring for you just to see your picture up there with the SC logo. How do you feel? It hasn't quite sunk in yet. It's uh, still a little surreal, but uh, very tough decision to, to leave Oklahoma, obviously, a place I have tremendous love for. I Seven great years there, a tremendous run. You know, my, my second daughter was born there. I mean, it was uh, great people. Uh, so to, to leave that was not an easy decision, but I just couldn't ignore this opportunity. Uh, all that the administration is ready to put into this football program, the history, the tradition, and I think a feeling across the country that everybody knows what SC can be and the opportunity to get a chance to, to be a part of that was uh, just something we couldn't say no to. So but before we get into everything that SC can be, I, I'd love to look back. Because, listen, I sat with you when you were first hired at OU. And, and we did games. I mean, I did your first Red River game. Yes. Um, and I know how much that opportunity meant to you at the time. And that place still means to you, regardless of what everyone's going to say or think or anything. I know how much it, it means to you. Um, was there a specific conversation that was the hardest for you to have over the last 48 hours? They were all... They were all tough. Uh, you know, the president, Joe Harris, and AD Joe Castiglione were so good to me. So that conversation was certainly tough. Uh, you know, the conversation with, with Coach Stoops was tough, you know, because he was so instrumental, obviously, in bringing me there and has helped guide, guide me throughout this my entire career. And, and uh, that was tough. The, probably the toughest one was with the players. Uh, the, we've been on an unbelievable run with those guys. I love those guys. They, they, have given everything to that program and were so good to me. So none of that was easy. It was uh, um, 
the toughest part about this because it, it, there wasn't something wrong with OU. There wasn't anything that they didn't do. They were phenomenal to us. It was just the right time in our lives for a new opportunity. I know, I know some people will understand it. I know some people won't, uh, but I have a genuine love for that place. And I mean, I, I want it to be the second best program in the country. I, I will root for them and forever uh, be a part of them and link to them. And I'm, I'm proud of that. So uh, something I've thought a lot about over the last couple of days and really the last couple of years, and we've talked briefly about this in, in, in different uh, contexts, but the structure of our sport lends itself to this because of the early signing period, which I was never really in favor from from the beginning, lends itself to earlier firings and earlier hirings. Yes. Um, are you frustrated with the the structure of the sport and how it, it made something something like this, your decision, which is not unique throughout the history of college football, it made it so much more emotional. I, I am uh, because you look at other sports and it's not really the case. And I do think there's ways that, that this can be avoided uh, because you put, uh, really we're all in the same boat, players, coaches, People have to make these decisions so quickly and at inopportune times for their current positions that it's it's not it's not good. It's not healthy for the sport. And we're all human beings. This is all our lives. We've all got to do in these moments what we think is best. But I mean, having to make a decision a few hours after your team plays your last regular season game is not. It is what it is. And I get I've got to live with the decision that, that me and my family made and we're going to. But it's 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 not ideal. It's not ideal for anybody. So I hope that we can all all of us that do care about college football can take a step back and look at this and say, all right, maybe this isn't good for the game. How can we find a system that works um, and a calendar that works that where people can finish what they started and uh, and have more more time uh, and a maybe more appropriate time. To, to make these decisions as they come. Let's move forward now. Here's the opportunity. You've got to come out to the West Coast. The West Coast, I don't have to tell you, the Pac-12 has been down. Um, knowing what USC was, what something like a flagship can be on the West Coast for college football in general, which I know is important for the sport, how much did all of that play into your decision? Just the, the stature and the history and the tradition of USC. It was a huge part because it's been done here. And so it can be done here. And I think when you start to think about the possibilities, it's it's potential versus current investment. Yeah. And and if you have the the big the uh, the big possibilities, the big potential, which USC clearly has. I mean, you could argue maybe more than any program in the country. That's great, but if that's all you're relying on, then you're probably going to get some of the results that you've had there over the last several years. If there's a complete buy-in and investment and a hunger by all the people that support this program or a part of this program to do everything possible to get it where it needs to be, that combination is dangerous. Sure. It is, and that, that combination is what ultimately you know, drove us to, to making the decision to come here. So. In this day and age, we just saw Mel Tucker take a job really late in the process at Michigan State, go through a COVID year, and then add 40 some players to his roster this year and bang, here they are playing meaningful games in November. How quickly realistically do you think you can transform the roster to something that's competing on the top end of the Pac-12? I think it can happen quickly. 
I do. I, that's my confidence in this place and the staff that we're bringing in. And I think a lot of these recruits and, and potential players out there, future players at SC, are going to see what me and my family saw. You know, they're going to see the potential and everybody knows the logo, everybody knows the history, but they're going to see the, the current investment and they're going to see that USC is going all in on this football program. And, and I think when they see that and they start to see the vision of what this can be, I think we're going to have a lot of people that want to come play ball here. And I think we've, the staff has a track record of success of being able to compete consistently at a high level. And I think it's going to be a great combination. I can't wait to get started. We're going to take a quick break. Much more with Lincoln Riley when we come back. Stay right there. Okay, you've mentioned future players in a lot of interviews, you know, and, and that's the lifeblood of college football is recruiting. You do not succeed without players. Even Coach Stoops talked about it, you know, in your exit about yes. OU being about the players. I know you would agree with that. I agree with that. You 100%. know, that's, I had to play some of those guys. Trust me, <laughs> you know, I know what that's all about. So, when you look at what has happened in college football, I look at it from 30,000 foot, you know, view. And we, we've talked about this a little bit. You look at all of the guys from the Pac-12 footprint that are not just playing elsewhere, but dominating throughout college football. C.J. Stroud and Chris Olave at Ohio State. They've also got the two recruits, you know, Emeka Abuka, the wide receiver, and J.T. Tuimolo Al. You've got Bryce Young at Alabama. Spencer was from, yeah, Rattler was from Arizona. You've got B. John Robinson was from Arizona, DJ Uyunglele. Uh, this footprint has been ravaged by the other parts of the country. How, how important is it that you start building a little bit of a fence and you keep those people at arm's length, which is what Pete was able to do in the early 2000s? That's critical. And I think the thing for us is we can't expect these guys to come here just because it's SC. Being SC is a starting point, but again, they need to see the progress. They need to see what we saw, uh, what what caused us to want to come out here, the, the investment and the belief and the hunger to get this program uh, to back where it rightfully should be. Um, it's a process to get that done. Uh, I think a lot of that falls on uh, the staff. Uh, a lot of that falls on the people that support this program to to continue to invest and continue to push. And, and, and these guys are going to see that. And again, that's that's why this decision was so right for us. We felt that and these future guys are going to feel it as well. I know you've talked about the investment in the program and that's certainly uh, apparent. How much of this decision had to do with that recruiting base though? Knowing that you know you're you're a car ride from a top recruiting class in the country. It's huge, huge. I, I think the respect for the talent out here, the respect for the way these guys are coached and developed out here, and I, there's a comfort level recruiting out here. We, we've always had success recruiting in this area, recruiting on the West Coast. Uh, I love the kids that not only recruiting them, but the kids we've been able to bring into our programs and develop. And we've had a high success rate with not only signing them, but them becoming very successful and doing very well. So it's, uh, it feels very comfortable. You, you got an amazing um, experience at, at OU. Yeah. and. You know, Bob hired you from East Carolina, and then two years later, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you're the head coach for, for the Sooners. You know, but I but I do know as a competitor, because we're all competitors. I'm a competitor. You know, even in my industry, you know, you want to establish yourself and build something. Was there any part of this that that you wanted to go and and build something that was yours, and not something that you were continuing? No, no, there wasn't. Um, 
because there's, you know, these jobs, there's challenges in every single job. Yep. And there was challenges at OU and would have continued to be challenges at OU. I think, I think for me, it was so much more about what this place could be and the excitement level of that. I, I took over OU at a phenomenal time. Bob Stoops, one of the greatest coaches in history. I mean, you know, helped me get that job. He helped me to prepare for that job. I, I couldn't have taken over a better situation, especially for a first time head coach. I, I, I give him all the credit in the world for that. And it was great for me. The, the flip side of that is the very first year you were expected to win every game. And so it's, it's uh, um, there's, there's always give and take. You almost did it that um, year. We, we almost did. And uh, so, no, I, 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 I just think that would be an egotistical way to look at it. Sure. Uh, there was going to be challenges no matter, no matter where I coached. This was just the right challenge at the right time and just – well, I just it felt right. It did. And uh, as much as I love OU um, and always will, this was this was the right timing for us. I heard you uh, and saw you with Scott Van Pelt last night and, and you told him the first conversation was Sunday morning yeah. that you had with USC. Yeah. I think I'll be honest, like, I, I think a lot of people are like, no, yeah. that there's no way that it happened that late in the process. Um, the whirlwind of what happened from Bedlam to, to that moment, is that a blur for you now in hindsight? It is, it is, because it it didn't feel real. And, and I honestly never saw myself leaving OU. I mean, I really, I really I mean, we've didn't. had a lot of conversations yeah. about that, and yeah. I can attest to that. You've told me countless times about yeah. NFL jobs and so on. Well, that was the first conversation um, you know, Sunday, probably. I don't know, 11 o'clock that morning, somewhere in there was the first conversation that I've ever had with anybody else from another football team as long as I've been at OU. I've just, I've never, some great opportunities from time to time came up, but I never had any desire to even explore it. But I did with this one, I did. And I, as much as I almost didn't want to, I couldn't ignore how I was feeling and the true intrigue I had. And, and like I said, once we had the conversation, it did. it. It came together so quickly, probably faster than, uh, again, like we talked about, probably faster than ideally I would have liked it to. But I'm, I'm thankful for how the the leadership at OU handled it. They were gracious and and uh, no no surprise, but they were phenomenal. And and then the opportunity to to tell to tell my guys there, which was, it sucked. It was terrible. I'm but sure. it but to have the chance to do that, I'll I'll forever be thankful for. Um, tough moment in that room. Uh. Yeah, what can you say? You know, I mean, it's uh, you got so many people there that you love, and and then you tell them you're going to, to another school, and and uh, but they the players were great. I got a chance to speak with a lot of them after. Um, you know, I think I think the players there know me well enough to know that I do care about them, and I didn't wouldn't wouldn't take this if I didn't feel like it was the right opportunity for me and my family. So now it was tough, but there's a lot of long-standing relationships there, and and. Uh, um, I'm glad I got to do it in person. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. All right. What can we expect? What is what is the Lincoln Riley team at USC and the Coliseum look like? I mean, I've covered you a lot, so I feel like I have a decent idea of what your identity will be. Is that what you're going to be putting in blueprint here? Oh, that's the plan. I mean, I, I think they're certainly going to have to adapt to the players, the roster that we have here. Um, but uh, we've had a lot of success in, in what we do, and we believe in that. We'll continue to adapt. We'll continue to develop and, and, and move as the game does. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's rebuilding the roster. I think it's bringing in a great staff. I think it's going to work and putting together a team that 
that this entire uh, LA area, uh, all the Trojan family can be very proud of. And uh, yeah, being in that stadium yesterday, doing the being in the Coliseum, doing the press conference, you kind of look down there and imagine, I haven't been there on a Saturday night. You know, I haven't been there when that place is full and, and is electric. And, and so I get we've got to do our part to create that, but that's um, uh, it's going to be a great journey. Well, the, the, the one difference is, is that you, you better create some electricity or they won't come. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get that part handled. I tell you what, I appreciate you sitting down. I know that you're uh, going to be out and about recruiting and building that roster, building that staff. I appreciate you for coming in and, and uh, good luck, man. Thank you. All the pressure in the world now. Hey, I, I'm used to it. You yeah. got it. Thanks. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Um, okay, the CFP, the playoff. What do we got going on here this weekend? Here, This is really what it boils down to, folks. If the favorites this weekend in conference championship games win, what you're going to see, at least in my estimation, is Georgia go to the playoff, Michigan go to the playoff, Cincinnati go to the playoff, and Oklahoma State go to the playoff. Those are the four teams that are favored. Now, in this college football year, do we really expect everybody that's favored to win? Uh, no, I think last week we saw Wisconsin lose, we saw Ohio State lose, we saw Alabama basically pull a game, a rabbit out of their hat. They're late in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, so probably not. The one that's interesting is Notre Dame. Because at 11-1, and their only losses to Cincinnati, I think that they have a shot at the playoff without a coach. Brian Kelly, hired to be the new head coach for LSU. I mean, this is fascinating, folks. I still think that Notre Dame is alive for a playoff spot, and now Brian Kelly goes and he's going to be the new head coach for the LSU Tigers. This is a guy that has been wildly successful at Notre Dame. He's Notre Dame's all-time leader in t as far as wins, and he has been to the playoff. He took them to a national championship game. He's, the, you know, their, their recent success of 10 win seasons, double-digit win seasons has been unprecedented in their history, and it's one of the more rich histories in all of college football. But Brian Kelly, you know, gets caught up in what is the modern-day coaching carousel, LSU reportedly giving him nine figures, $100 million. I know a lot of people are going to take exception with the way that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame or even the way that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. But, folks, that's the nature of the sport. I talked about it a little earlier with Lincoln Riley. The structure of college football incentivizes every single entity within college football, whether it's a player, a coach, a program, or a conference, to operate in their own best interest. Brian Kelly didn't have any choice because of the way that the recruiting calendar is set up. If he was going to take this opportunity and take nine figures, $100 million, then he had to do it right now, even before we know what the outcome of the season is going to be with Notre Dame, who's still in line for a potential playoff berth. So the problem is not with Brian Kelly, it's with the structure with the, of the sport. I don't think that the problem is with Lincoln Riley, it's with the structure, structure excuse me, of the sport. We need to change the calendar in college football. I will be arguing that in the offseason. This is a calendar that can help protect players and protect coaches from things like we've seen in the last couple of days. So Brian Kelly heads to LSU, Lincoln Riley heads to USC, Notre Dame's still alive in the playoff, Oklahoma State's still alive in the playoff, and it should be a wild and fantastic week of conference championship games. It's going to be an awesome game in Indianapolis. Big Ten championship game coming up on Saturday night. Gus Jenny and I are going to be there. Big noon kickoff is going to be there. Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. First Big Ten championship that does not involve either 
Ohio State or Wisconsin since 2015. A lot of new blood even in the CFP discussion and as well here in the Big Ten. Iowa has won five of the last seven against Michigan. Both of these teams are seeking their first Big Ten title since they actually shared. They were co-champs in 2004. But folks, when you talk about this game on the field, you have to start with and maybe even finish with number 97 for Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, so last week they were facing the best passing offense in college football in Ohio State, so his impact was going to be felt, and it was. Three sacks last week against Ohio State. That matched a career high. Six sacks in the last three games, as you can see, and he leads the Big Ten with 13 sacks. That's a single-season record for Michigan. And what he's doing in big moments for a team that, that has Big Ten aspirations and college football playoff aspirations, I really believe that... Aiden Hutchinson is not only going to get some love for the Heisman Trophy, but depending on what happens this weekend, Aiden Hutchinson can and maybe should win the Heisman Trophy. So a wild year in college football where we got new blood all over the place, right? In the conference championship games, we got Pitt and Wake Forest in the ACC. We got Oklahoma State with a chance of the college football playoff. This year has been phenomenal. Last weekend was incredible in rivalry weekend. All those scenes, whether it was at the Big House or in the Iron Bowl or in Bedlam, that was phenomenal Americana, folks, and I love it. And in a year like that, don't you think we also need new blood in the Heisman Trophy? I do, and I think we should have two defenders, Will Anderson and Aiden Hutchinson, that both go to New York. The winner this weekend is going to play a huge part in where we go as far as who wins that trophy on Saturday. Michigan and Iowa on Saturday night, folks. Michigan win, and you're going to the college football playoff. Iowa is looking for that Rose Bowl berth and a Big Ten championship under Kirk Ferentz. It's going to be a fabulous game. I can't wait to get there, folks. Remember, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Gus, Jeannie, and I will have the call. And, and prior to that, about 7 p.m. Eastern, you're going to have big noon kickoff. Everyone will be there. Rob, Matt, Reggie, Coach Stoops. Everyone's going to be there, and it's going to be phenomenal. Folks, enjoy the weekend of college football. We are almost there. Heisman time, playoff time. It's coming up this weekend. College football remains number one. Thanks for watching.